I am uh, excited about the Word today, and uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The title of this morning's message, part of our Words in Red series, is Burden Bearers. Burden Bearers. And let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the presence of God that is so rich in this place. I thank you for the love, Lord, that is in this place as the family of God, that we are, Lord, together, one mind, one accord, one people, and Lord, and that we would just uh, continue to grow in your spirit. And Father, I pray over the next few moments, you do not want me to speak what only you have to say. God, open our ears and eyes and hearts to hear and see and take in whatever your, your word says, that we go out from this place changed. But Father, I pray if there are those that are heavy laden, that are down, that are pressed and discouraged, God, that you would just fill them with your message of hope and encouragement, Lord, and life abundantly. And somebody said... Amen. Amen. Psalm 68, verse 19, read it this morning. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation. There was a a smart aleck youth who asked a preacher once, don't worry, it wasn't any of your kids. Uh, uh, He said this, he said, you say that unsaved people carry a weight of sin. I don't feel anything. How heavy a sin is it? 10 pounds? Is it 80 pounds? Uh, And the preacher replied by asking you this. He said, if you laid a 400-pound weight on a corpse, would they fill the load? And the youth replied, well, no, they'd fill nothing because it's dead. And the preacher concluded, that spirit, too, is indeed dead, which feels no load of sin or is indifferent to its burden or dismissive about its presence. And that made the youth be silent. So I saw that and I was thinking, "That's, that's so very true. Are we, how many people go through life and you get exhausted? Anybody exhausted right now? Yeah, some of us. Uh, those of us with little children especially. But uh, are you exhausted today? Maybe you need some rest. Maybe you're bearing today more than you can handle. Or maybe today the task in front of you is too big. Uh, maybe you feel alone in a struggle to move forward. And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's someone very close to you. And today is going to be a message of hope for you to give to them or maybe for you to receive yourself. But what is a burden? Talking about heavy burdens. What is, what is a burden? We sing about them a lot. And when I was growing up, I think we have a picture, uh, if they can get it back up. We have a picture here uh, of the dangerous journey. It's part of the Pilgrim's Progress. Anybody ever read the Pilgrim's Progress, the, that book? Well, the dangerous journey uh, is, a, uh, is this story about this man who has this burden on his back. And it's this big, enormous backpack kind of a thing. There we go. And uh, every time I think of the word burden, I hear this, or I see this, because my mom and dad used to read me this book all the time growing up. And uh, I see this man with this huge burden and this backpack that is overwhelming on his, on his back, and he is trying to get rid of it, and he doesn't know how to get it off because he can't take it off of himself. And so what is a burden? You think about the things that we, we sing about it. We sing... Uh, shackled by a heavy burden, beneath the load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, and now I am no longer the same. And it goes on to say, he touched me. Oh, 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 he touched me. And then, oh, the joy that floods my soul. I'm not singing for you. I'm just reading, all right? Uh, You don't want this raspy voice right now. What does it really mean to have your burdens touched by the hand of God? Because we sing about it, but do we know what it means? Think of another one. Uh, uh, we sing the song, At the Cross. It says, At the Cross, at the Cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. Does burdens roll? 
I don't know. I'm, how do you roll a burden away? And how does a burden roll? I, I'm, here I am. I'm thinking about this. Uh, and it was, there by faith I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. How many people are happy all the time? Good. You all tell the truth. Right. All right. How can I get happy all the day, and how does my burden roll away? Uh, it sounds good in lyric, or if you come from a very soulful background, maybe you sing this, glory, glory, hallelujah, when I lay my burden down, right? How many sung that growing up, all right? And it says, all my troubles will be over when I lay my burdens down. Anybody ever laid your burden down and had trouble on Monday morning, right? Uh-huh. How do you lay your burdens down, and is this true? And what do these songs really mean? We're going to dive into this today and see what Jesus is really saying about laying your burdens down. How do you lay your burden down? What happens? What is a burden, for one? And maybe is, is a burden have anything to do with me being saved or unsaved? Or, or just it's kind of a confusing topic, and it's one of those words that the world doesn't talk about today, but it's often just flooded in our, our literature and our songs And so a burden is this. It's a heavy load. It can be a severe task. It can be a difficult duty. Or it really can be psychological or spiritual anxiety, stress, worry, doubt. uh, These things that are heavy on us. And you think about you can be burdened in your mind. And you can be burdened in your spirit. And those of you who have gone through trying circumstances or traumatic events or Maybe you, you uh, some people I know, uh, like in my family, I know my mom has been called, I feel called by God to carry a heavy load for many of the people in our family. It seems like there's always people relying on her that go through difficult times. Uh, <clears throat> maybe some of you are like that, where there, there just seems to just be that life is always putting things upon you. And so that's kind of what we're talking about today. Maybe has your body, has your mind, has your spirit ever been uneasy? The Bible calls the donkey, I'm not calling anybody a donkey today, but the Bible calls the donkey the beast of burden. Why is that? The beast of burden. What do you do with a donkey? Normally you pull things with it or they put sacks or luggage or things on it and they would carry heavy loads and it was able to do it because uh, donkeys are pretty strong for their size. Man, they're all muscle and they're tough. And so they're known for that and they're called the beast of burden, but the Bible also says that there is a burden bearer. A burden bearer, and that's the title of this morning's message, a burden bearer is a person who carries a load. Often when you are building a building or uh, you think about they built the pyramids and the ancient ruins and all these things, the common laborer, the, the normal average construction worker, Joe or Sue, who carried the load of bricks and all the supplies, the, the mortar and the hay, they would be called burden bearers. They are there to carry a load from one place to another. And then Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, he said this, it says, Thus it was in Judah, and it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Nehemiah was called by God to rebuild the city of Jerusalem uh, and put up the wall. But they were so discouraged by their enemies coming against them. And this verse was written in that time when they felt so uh, overwhelmed. And it says, the strength of the burden bearers is failing. Maybe you're a burden bearer whose strength is failing today. Maybe uh, you're discouraged or is everything around you crumbling. And you're unable to build it on your own any longer. You can think about it this way. Our past can be a burden. 
Sometimes your past can be about things that keep coming back up that you did long ago, but you're trying to leave it behind, but your past continues to burden you. Maybe it's your reputation. Maybe it's things uh, that people know about you. Uh, it could be your finances can be a burden. Sickness can be a burden. Our sickness, our bodies can physically be a burden to us. Some of you all know that more than others recently. Uh, I'm looking at my brother in the back. Uh, jobs can be a burden. Your job, can, your boss can be a burden. Amen, right? And the staff stays quiet. No. <laughs> Religion can be a burden. The government can be a burden. Somebody say amen. And yes, sometimes, even sometimes, your family can be a burden. And everybody says no. Mm-hmm. But you know, the ultimate burden is sin. And there's only one person who could carry it for you and I, and that's Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about that today. Trading our burdens. Matthew chapter 11, that's where you are today. Verse 28, you there? Say amen. All right. So sin, here we have the, the coming up to this verse. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, our text for today. Jesus uh, has on this scene, and the background for the Jew is this, that sin had led God's people Israel to be burdened with the oppression of their enemies. They had gone from being under Greece, under uh, or Persia, Babylon, uh, Greece, and now Rome. And their sin had led them to be burdened with the oppression of their enemies, and now even burdened by a religious elite. But the Bible had prophesied and God had proclaimed that he would wipe away their transgressions for his own sake, forget their sin, and he would send a Messiah, a king savior, to break the yoke of their burden. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 4. He would send a Messiah to break the yoke of their burden. And then Jesus comes to the scene as that Messiah, and he says this as a closing prayer in, the la- in, in Matthew chapter 11, some of the last verses. And he says this, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. We are going to really take this verse, these uh, few verses apart here today and understand really what Jesus is saying about how do we give Jesus our burdens and take his. And what does that look like? And what is he saying? Because uh, whether you know it or not, this is the theme verse of our church. This is, this is our core verse. If our church had a life verse this is what I felt when I first, my first day here, uh, and I felt it from uh, Brother Eddie's ministry, even into this new season that we're in, that this is the verse that really is what sanctuary is really all about, and why God has called our church to this city and this time and brought this unique group of people together under the same banner, is that Jesus is saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And what we're looking at today is that those who come to Jesus take his easier yoke, pull his lighter load, and then learn from him, he says, will find rest for their souls. We're going to break that out from come, to take, to bear, to learn. There are four things that Jesus is really commanding us to do in order to find rest for our souls. So this is for you today, if that's where you're going, if that's where you're at in your life, this is uh, something I believe the Lord is just bringing revelation to you and to me today to understand what is he saying, how do you and I find rest, inner peace for your soul, that place of, of just uh, 
comfort and, and trials, that place of joy and tribulation where Jesus and you are just together and there is just peace because God has got this. And so the first thing he says, number one, is come. He says come. And how can he say come? It's kind of like, if you think of it this way, before Jesus ever said come, he came. Jesus, he says, I am meek and lowly. I'm humble of heart. He's, he is so, uh, an, so much of an awesome God that before you, he ever tells you to make the first move, he made it for you. He left his position as a meek and lowly, humble, left his position, sacrificed himself to come to be with you. And then when he comes to you, then he has an open door policy of everybody can come in. That's the kind of God he is. That's, that's who he is. So he came first. So meek, so lowly. And it's, he says in John chapter 7, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. It means to trust him. Coming to him means to respond to who he is in childlike faith. It means that I can trust God with whatever burden that I'm carrying. I can trust him and believe that he is able to handle anything that I give him because of his love first for me. I can now give him everything. Does that make sense today? Come. Number one is come. Think about it this way. The intellectuals, the religious, they were too proud to come. Jesus opened the door. He made a way, but that inner pride that says, you know what? No, I can do this on my own. No, I got this. I don't need some help. And, you know, I don't think we do it on purpose. I don't think that we go through life, and, and at any moment, those of us who attend church, we say, no, I don't trust God with my problems. But sometimes we don't because of the way we are thinking or the way that we're acting or the way that we continue to carry the load on our own. Like we say in our minds, yes, God, I believe you're the God who's awesome and can do all things, but then my life actions and my heart and my stress and my worry don't really show God that I've given him everything and I trust him with everything. And so he says, would you, I've come, I've made the whole distance. I've, I've spanned the, the, I've gone to the speed of light from the ends of the universe, come to you, left my position in heaven, going to die for you. Would you just come? But you know, here's the deal. He's come, but the, this, is a, this is an action. You can't find rest for your soul, number one, until you also respond to the, to the love and the action of Jesus Christ. If this is not a, you'll find rest for your souls, just wait and stay there, I'll make it okay. He says, you've got to leave your position because I've left my position. You see that? This is all going to be actionable responses, and the first one is come. Are we so proud that maybe we don't lower ourselves to the one who first lowered himself for us? I got this, and I can handle it. I'll just get through it. I always do. And then we show that attitude of fear, of anxiety. Our family sees it. It, it rubs off on others. Stress comes in our life, and, and it just becomes overwhelming. And we say, God, yeah, 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 I believe in you. But do we really trust him in childlike faith? And he says, come. Number, one, number two is take. So he says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take Take my yoke. What does this mean? A yoke, I think there's a picture of some ox up here on the back, and you see this beam. It's really a cross beam that grows across the top of these two animals, and it could have more. You could have a team of oxen, and there are those that behind these ox you can see in this picture. Uh, and so there was yoke on each of these pair, and it was this wooden or iron frame that joined oxen or animals 
so that they could pull a heavy load. You have to have the yoke before you can bear the burden, okay? So you have to be yoked, okay? Now, follow me here. Often it was a beam across the shoulder of two animals, and it bid the animals where to go. They could have the reins, and they'd have the whip, and it would bid them where to go, and they had control over those beasts. And so the, the yoke became this. It was a symbol sometimes of hardship. The yoke symbolized really, though, submission and servitude. Take my yoke. Submission and servitude. You see, we have a problem in our life, and he says, I want to give you rest for your soul. Well, one, you have to come to me. Okay, now you've come to me. You've said, Jesus, come into my life. I trust you. I've given my life to you. But then he says, what most people don't want is take my yoke. Submit to me. Serve me. Because that's the only way you're going to find rest for your soul. So many people, we want to come to God and then do whatever we want to do or think however we want to think or feel, feel okay to have a grudge or okay to be unforgiving or okay to get angry or okay to, to have my own opinions about what situations should happen and how they should be uh, worked out. But Jesus says, take my yoke. Submit to me. Serve me. You'll find rest for your souls. A teacher... Uh, read to her class this verse, my yoke is easy. And she said this, she said, who can tell me what a yoke is? She asked, and a boy said, a little boy said, a yoke is something they put on the neck of animals. And then the teacher asked, okay, well, what is the yoke that God puts on us? And a little girl came and said, it's God putting his arms around our necks. It's like, okay. Sometimes we might think of a yoke that way. It's really, she meant to say, he's putting his arms around us. But it's, is God this big, angry God who's trying to make you suffer? No, he wants you to find rest. He wants you to find peace and love and joy and hope and, and fulfillment in a life abundantly. But you have to take his yoke. The yoke of Christ is this. It is discipleship. Come to me and be my disciples. Come to me. Follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Come to me. Take my yoke. But it's an actionable response. You must take it. It's there. It's provided. But you have to pick it up and put it on yourself. And I say, God, now I've come to you. Now I must submit to you and be letting you guide me and tell me where to go and not to go. And I must submit to you and serve you. And I'm coming under your authority. God, you can tell me how to think. God, you can tell me how I'm, and when I shouldn't be angry or should be angry. God, you can tell me when I can be offended or not offended. God, you can tell me when I can hold a grudge or not hold a grudge. God, you can tell me if that's a funny joke or not a funny joke. I'm saying, God, everything about me, I submit to you. And now I begin to follow you wherever you go. I'm under the reins of Jesus Christ, and he now reigns over me, right? Yoke. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? There's a lot of Christians out there. There are not as many disciples. A lot of people like that Christian logo and that church membership. But how many people are true disciples of Jesus Christ? Submission and serving him. The second thing about the yoke is that he says it's easy. You know, serving Christ is a whole lot better than serving the world. You're going to be yoked by somebody. You're going to be submitted. Something's going to have authority over your life. And it might as well be Christ. 
We were oppressed before, but God, in Isaiah 9, 4, he says he's broken the yoke of our oppression and given us his yoke. Paul said to Timothy that we're under the yoke of Christ as slaves to him, but you gain the benefit of being under. You see serving Christ as a benefit. 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. It's very simple to serve Christ. Love God with everything you've got, heart, soul, mind, strength, and then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that fulfills all that he would have for us to do. Just be filled and guided by his love. Does his love guide me? Does his love keep me submissive to him? Does his love uh, tell me where to go or not to go? And does his love keep me in check? And does his love bind me to him? That I am saying I'm submitted to the love of God, and the love of God keeps me from offending my neighbor. The love of God and the love for my neighbor keeps me from keeping a record of wrongs. It keeps me from uh, trying to gain pride. It keeps me from thinking of myself that I am yoked by the love of God, bound by it, just, just molded by it. I'm shaped by it. I, I can't do anything but through it, the love of God. And finally, when I'm under the yoke of Christ, I'm yoked with someone else. You see, a yoke isn't just for one animal oftentimes. We can have a yoke for one animal. And when the illustration that Jesus is talking about is that this was a team project. These, these oxen were yoked together. And you and I, when we, we, the Bible says that we were once not a people, but now we have become a people, 1 Peter. He says that you and I are the people of God. Now you have an identity apart from even your own self that... We are not whole unless we're together. And so when he says you have been yoked together, Paul says it this way in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, that we are called to bear our own load, but not to think of ourselves as something special, but to help bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law or the love of Christ. A yoke signifies a team that's working together. Are you bound today by people across the aisle in the love of God? Are you yoked together by your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ? You say, we're on a team bearing the load of Jesus Christ, bearing his ministry. We're working and going the same direction. So many churches split from disunity. So many churches split because of gossip. So many churches have cliques because people are so different that they can't work through their differences. Man, we don't have an option. That's the thing. So many marriages fall apart today because they feel like they have an option. I don't have an option whether to love you or not. I don't have an option whether to try to get along with you or not. I am yoked with you. We're going to be in heaven for a lot longer time than we're here on this earth, so I better start liking you now, right? You know, you better start loving me now because uh, you're going to be with me for a long time. You know, you can't get rid of me. Uh, We're yoked together, and may I, maybe I'll show myself. Maybe, maybe it's Joe and I. We've got some differences, and we don't. Joe, Joe's an awesome guy. But if Joe and I had some differences, I'm yoked with him. I have to work through whatever problem I have with Joe because we're, we're side by side working for Jesus Christ, serving him together. And so if I'm going to have to be stuck by somebody, I better start liking them. Or maybe there's rough edges I've got to work through. And maybe I just need to love him a little bit more so that we work together better right? I'm yoked together with you, and you're yoked with me. So I'm going to bear my own burden and pull my own load, but Joe and I, he's going to begin to work with me, and we're side by side. He's got to do his part, otherwise the team
I've got to do my part so the team will work, but we have to work together. You see this, how Jesus is saying, all in these just two verses, you have to be yoked together on God's team, working in unity. Are you bearing your own call of ministry, but are you also helping to bear your brother and sister's call of ministry as well? And the third is bear. I'm not talking about the animal. I'm talking about bear, to low, to carry. So he says, come to me, take my yoke, excuse me, and bear, bear this burden. This is the, the part of taking the yoke is the bear, the burden that's behind it. Sometimes, if you think of the background, these ox, they would be yoked together, but sometimes they would be bearing a cart, perhaps, behind them. It would be so heavy that they would fall under the weight of it and trip because the load was so heavy, they would stumble. I think that's sometimes today what we're up against. We feel like we have a burden in our life, things that God has called us. Maybe we're a family. Maybe your husband, your wife, or... You're taking care of grandkids, or you got this job, or maybe you're just trying to do all that you can to get through this life, and you feel like that you're stumbling, even doing your best effort, even being yoked together with your wife and, and your husband, and, and you're, you're doing your best, but it's just like you can't catch a break. You just keep tripping up. I don't know if you've ever been there before, falling under a heavy burden. The question here, though, is, Whose load are you bearing? Whose load are you bearing? He says his burden is light. Is it the burden of his kingdom that you're pulling? Or is it the burden of your kingdom that you're pulling? Whose burden are you pulling? What are we striving for in this life? What are you, what is, what are you trying to pull along and to accomplish? What are you packing there and keeping with you? Sometimes, man... We've thrown a whole, so much stuff on that cart. We don't even, some of us have rooms like that. We don't even know what's in that room anymore or in the back seat of that car floorboard, right? Or, you know, in that trunk. And then just, we've been piling all kinds of stuff in there. Man, I've kept that little grudge from that one person or that one job that one time. Every time I see them, I think of that one incident, right? We just pack all that stuff on there. Just throw that stuff back there on that cart and just keep on plowing. How much are you carrying, and how much of it is his? He says his burden is light. Coming to Christ, we take his yoke, and we pull his burden. But here's the catch. It's not an easy task. It's an easier task. I found sometimes that when some, some people get saved, they feel like that, that everything should be okay. He doesn't say you're not going to have a burden. You're going to have a burden to carry, but it's going to be his, and it's going to be lighter than the one that you were carrying before. And so he says his burden is light. You will have a burden, but it has to be his. In the Old Testament, the prophets sometimes said, like in Zechariah chapter 12, they said they were burdened with the word of the Lord. Man, Zechariah, I was had a burden from the Lord to share the gospel, to preach his message. Moses he says he was excessively burdened for the people of Israel, so much so that God had to anoint some elders to help him carry the burden. Numbers chapter 11, excessively burdened. But what was he burdened for? The people of God. Paul says he was burdened excessively for the Gentile churches, but was comforted by the Lord when he began to share in Christ's sufferings. 2 Corinthians 1.8, 
And you and I are called to bear the burden of abstaining from sin and being holy like God is holy. There's a burden that we are called to carry. It's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's to be holy as he is holy. And am I pulling his burden? When Jesus left this earth, he left us with a to-do list. That was to preach the world to all the ends of the earth, and then he'll come back. And so he says, are you pulling my burden? Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Pull his burden. Bear his load. Take his yoke. So are we burdened for the right things? It's his ministry. It's his holiness. And we want freedom from our own burdens, but are we willing to take his? I want freedom from my stress. I want freedom from my anxiety. Man, I want freedom from this depression. I want to be over these things. Okay, take my burden. You see that? It's not a freedom to get out of jail free card. It's a trade-off. Okay, I will help you. I'll give you rest for your soul. But come to me. Take my yoke. Be my disciple. And now bear my ministry. Bear my ministry. I'm calling you, equipping you for ministry. And here's the awesome part. Remember I said that we are the burden bearers, those who carry heavy loads. We become bearers of burdens, burden bearers. Christ is the ultimate burden bearer. You see, here's the awesome part. How, how... How is his burden lighter? Man, I'll tell you what. Pastoring a church is no easy deal. Being a missionary is no easy deal. Spreading the gospel. You say, man, we're going to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not an easy, that's a big task. That's a lot bigger than my finances. That's a lot bigger than my, my problems in my life to save the world and keep people out of eternal hell. Man, I don't have the gifting for that. I don't have the talent for that. I don't have the finances for that. I don't have any... If you're like me, I had no preaching ability, no speaking ability. I got, had to take Pepto-Bismol before I ever gave a public speech just to get through the nerves of it. You know, like, and you'd be up there shaking. I don't, I don't, Heath Harris has no gifting to do anything that God's called him to do. I have just this much, all right? And maybe you're like that too. I, I can't do nursery. I can't do channel. I can't, I can't talk to that person at work about Jesus. I don't have the ability to bear that kind of a burden, Jesus, to keep... I'm responsible for that guy to tell him about the Lord? Man, that's, that just freaks me out. I'm, I don't know what to do. How can you bear his calling? You see, before Jesus ever called you to bear anything, he bared it first for you. And if you think about this, this is a cross beam. And whether you know how you believe Jesus bared the cross, oftentimes the Roman soldiers, they believe that it was a cross beam. And so as Jesus went to the cross, he was bearing that yoke for you. He was bearing that burden for you. And let's go a step further. In a team of oxen, you would have the strongest one often at the front. And if you had a young new ox that didn't know how to do anything, you would partner him up with the larger older one who knew where to go, how to follow the commands, and how, who, who could carry more of the load. You see, when you go through life and you're going through situations and circumstances, if you're yoked with Jesus Christ, he's the stronger one. He's pulling you along. He can bear more of the load than you can, but you have to take the yoke and you have to team up together and you have to be willing to bear your part. It's kind of like uh, if, if Greg and I were going to uh, carry a couch, some of y'all were moving, and Greg's stronger than I am, bigger guy than I am, and we're going to carry this couch, we're going to carry it together. Greg's probably going to carry more of the load than I am. 
but I still have to do my part or the other end of the couch is going to fall over. You see this? When we come together with Jesus Christ, we're called to take his yoke and bear the burden, but he's already done the hardest parts. He gives you more help than you think you could ever need, and he fills up the gap. When you are weak, he is strong. And he bore our iniquities in Isaiah 53, 11. And I love this. In Psalms 55, 22, it says, Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. And that team, if that ox would trip or that animal would trip, the other stronger, tougher, more experienced one would could keep it going. Whenever you begin to fail in your life, whenever you begin to trip, whenever things begin to fall apart, it looks like, man, this burden is too big. Maybe it is. But you've got someone right there beside you. If you're teamed up with him in submission to him, in discipleship with him, yoked together in the body of Jesus Christ, connected in fellowship with one another, not only do you have brothers and sisters who can love on you and encourage you and say, keep going, we're with you on the same team, we're going the same direction together, but you've got Christ right there beside you, carrying the heaviest part of the load. Man, that's good. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know how overwhelmed you feel. Maybe this isn't for you at all. But Christ has carried the cross for you. And maybe some of us today, maybe we try to live that Christian life by our own strength. Maybe we try to do enough good works to feel good enough. Maybe you're trying to be strong enough alone by yourself. Is Christ your burden bearer? We've all been called to take his yoke and bear the burden, but is he your burden bearer? His strength will never fail you. And the last one is number four, learn from him. Take my yoke, come to me, take my yoke. You're going to bear that lighter burden. And he says, now learn from me. I think this is very important. The last one that he says is learn from him. Just like that young little ox is trying to get that load, that farmer in the back or that cart, the man who's running the cart, he's trying to tell them where to go and how to go. And once you're yoked to Christ and once you take his discipleship and once you commit to ministry in the kingdom of God, whether it be here in a local church or out there in the world, just committing to spread the gospel, once you begin to do those things, you're, you're leading a life that is going to end in the peace and rest for your soul. But then he says, now listen and learn. No doubt the master is calling out how to go, where to go, what to do and how to do it. The voice of the Holy Spirit is going to begin to speak to you. He's going to begin to draw you into his word. Is the word of God leading you? And, and teaching you all things that he has commanded until that day he comes. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? So many Christians, I wonder, through their devotional life and their quiet time, how many would say that God has spoke to me in the last few weeks? How many would say God has spoke to me over this last season I've been going through, that God begins to impart to you things about where he's taking you, where he's growing in you. Maybe there are things begin to pop out in the word of God that begin to speak to your soul. He's trying to teach you something. And sometimes as we begin to falter and that team of ox will begin to go the other way, he might discipline those ox to get them back on the course. The Bible says that God disciplines those that he loves. Sometimes a little, little 
you know, rebuke from God, a little, oh, sorry, God, man, I really did say something I shouldn't have said. Man, God, I, I really have had the bad attitude that I shouldn't have had. That's okay. Stay teamed up with God. Stay moving forward. He disciplines those that He loves because He cares about you. He wants to take you places. <coughs> In John chapter 13, verse 15, says that Jesus gave us an example to follow. And a slave is not greater than his master. And you'll be blessed if you do what Jesus did. Or we can be like Israel, the nation of Israel. We can be a stubborn and stiff-necked people. And in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, God was telling Israel, he says this, Stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rests for your soul. But Israel replied out, no, that's not the road that we want. You know, Christ has set us free, but do you learn from your mistakes? We find out sometimes that we go down this road, and you're like, man, that road ended up with pain and suffering, regret, bad relationship decisions, uh, maybe addictions, maybe whatever it was, but do you learn from it? We learn from our mistakes or do we like do what Paul says in Galatians 5? We turn to the yoke of slavery. You listen to the Holy Spirit speaking. Are you learning from God's discipline and are you growing in knowledge and strength and following the example of Jesus Christ, your burden bearer? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. One song said, that's what this altar is for. You don't have to carry those burdens anymore. Those who come to Jesus like childlike faith, those who take his yoke of discipleship, those who bear his burden of ministry, those who learn from him will find rest for their souls. That's what he's saying today. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your marriage status, your relationship. I don't know what your parenting status is. I don't know where your finances are. I don't know what you're, you're holding on to. On the inside. I don't know uh, all the things that God's been trying to speak to you. Or where you're at in your life. But I know this. God is saying, come to you and bear His load. It's lighter. His yoke is easier. He wants to lead you to a place of everlasting life. He wants to lead you to a place where He can provide for you rest for your soul. Streams of living water. Abundance, that's the kind of God you and I serve. But I've got to be teamed up together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I've got to be teamed up together with Jesus. And I've got to trust Him and what He's saying and calling me to. And I've got to commit to take an actionable response, not just to come to Him for salvation, but to take His discipleship and then to begin to bear the burden of whatever ministry He's called me to. But know this, you will not be bearing it alone. How many Christians take on discipleship? And how many Christians take on a call of ministry? It may be totally unique. It may totally uh, freak you out. It may totally be more than you can handle. But God will bear it with you. That you might find eternal rest for your soul. Would you just have every head bow, every eye close? Prepare our hearts. Man, I hope you received a message of hope and encouragement today.
just been a sweet spirit all morning long. That maybe you're needing calm in the storms of life or comfort in trouble, refreshment in that barren land. So many people in the world today think they're free when they're really dead to the burden of sin. Then others will come to Christ and they'll want Him to take their burdens away, but they'll be unwilling to take His. Some of them will again return to the burdens of this world. And some believers are not yoked together in the love of the body of Christ. Others in the church will try to bear things alone, not confiding in one another to share in their sufferings, holding it all in, suffering alone. And others will try to be good enough on their own strength, trying to pick their own feet up when they falter, not allowing God to bear the heaviest part of that burden. Would you trust Him today? Rely on Him. Submit all authority to Him and say, God, I need to love that person more. God, I need to commit to Your discipleship. God, I need to commit to Your ministry that I might find true rest. Because here's the deal. So many are going about in this world today I'm wondering why so many things are going wrong in their life. Wondering why they never have peace in troubled times. Wondering why that that everything just doesn't seem to work out? Or have you given it fully to God? Are you yoked with Him and other believers? And are you bearing His purpose, His identity? And is there things on that cart that you're pulling that should not be there? Because God has got a plan for you. And it is a lighter way. It is an easier way. But it's not without its challenges. But He promises, even in that, to bear the heavier load. Father God, I just pray today, Lord, that You would just speak to every heart, every life here today, Lord, to make a decision either to come, to take, to bear, or to begin to learn what You have called them to do. So maybe you're here today, number one, and you say, Pastor Heath, I'm just tired of weariness.